Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. I'm Daniel Parks, West Coast Regional Shepherd for Love Life and also the Sidewalk Outreach Director. And I'm joined with Vicki Cassiorg. Hey, everyone. Good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you here. Vicki is our Sidewalk Outreach Training Director. She's involved in training people across the nation to do sidewalk outreach and also helping our cities that are already doing sidewalk outreach to dial it in and make it a little more effective. And yep. it's pretty amazing what the Lord is doing in that ministry. And so this episode, we're going to dedicate actually to some real questions that we've gotten from sidewalk outreach teams, mm-hmm. from leaders. Um, I mean, we do the podcast episodes based on questions that we get from people, or maybe we see a common question or a common theme. And so we'll we'll do a whole episode about that or things that we see and things that we feel like we need to cover. But these are actual questions that somebody emailed over to you, Vicky, or right. sent over yeah. to you, on, or texted they, yeah. that that occurred to them, and they wanted an answer kind of right away. And they they're briefer than what it necessarily we would do yeah. a full podcast yeah. on. Yeah, so these are kind of short questions. Yeah. And so what we'll do is we'll just read the question. Yeah, and then we'll comment, try to give an answer to those questions. Uh, of course, we answer these questions when people reach out, but it's right. good for you guys to hear the answers as well. Because yeah. some of you guys, I mean, you, same ministry, right? Same challenges and stuff. Yeah. And so it's good for you guys um, to get an answer to a question maybe that's been looming. I will mention, yeah. too, that we do a once monthly for everybody who is doing sidewalk outreach under the Love Life umbrella that has gone through all three of our training modules. You get an invite every month, the first Saturday of the month. At 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, um, where we call it a sidewalk Q and D questions and encouragement. So we want people to come with their questions, and we want to offer some encouragement as well. But the main point of that is to get people's questions. What are your challenges? Also, we get to hear what God is doing at some of the sidewalk ministries across the nation. It's really encouraging, I think, to see people from the West Coast, the East Coast, and everywhere in between. They're doing sidewalk outreach, share what God's doing in their city. So we we have a time in that meeting for that. Yeah. And so if you're not a part of that meeting and you are a part of Love Life, maybe it's because you didn't finish all three training modules. So please do that. And if you want to be a part of that and you're not in a Love Life city, you can also be a part of that. But your church has to be a house of refuge church. Yeah. Um, we just want to make sure people that are under the umbrella of Love Life or taking advantage of these these different meetings and stuff have some kind of point of contact with Love Life. And so we ask that you are part of a House of Refuge church. Then you can get all three training modules, and then you can get an invite to that sidewalk Q&E meeting. So I'll mention that. I did mention that. Now let's move on. Okay. So the first question um, is about training, sidewalk training. And anyone starting or having an existing team are going to be bringing on new volunteers. And so how to most effectively train, Okay. uh, basically. But the question is, how do you delegate training new sidewalk counselors? Yeah. Do all of your trained sidewalk counselors train other counselors? 
or do you have specific leads in who's training? Yeah. And this person said, I found myself with a good problem at times where I'm unable to schedule training days with all those interested in sidewalk counseling due to a limit of, of his time. Um, so how have we dealt with this situation? And this is, this is a, a real yeah. issue. Yeah. It is. So, Yes. Yeah, so for many of you that are serving and you're the sidewalk director in your city or you're one of the sidewalk leads. Yeah. You can't be out there six days a week. Right. And you've got people that have come through. Maybe they raised their hand at a prayer walk and said, I want to get involved in sidewalk outreach, but they can only come out on a Monday mm-hmm. and that's the day you're not out there. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, maybe there's just nothing you can do about that. Maybe at this point you don't have a team that's even out there on Monday or, or Tuesday or whatever the day might be. And so you want to do everything you can to point them toward the days that you're actually out there. And that's that's the best you can do. That's what we used to do back in the day, Vicky. We right. would have, I think it was Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays that were the training days when people wanted to shadow. They would have to come out on one of those days. And some people would take a day off from work or right. whatever. So it would be a sacrifice, but that was the best we could do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another thing that you can do is ID leaders. People mm-hmm. that you know, maybe you already have leaders that are leading a day, they're leading a shift at the sidewalk. Pour into them. Teach them how to train people. Teach them how to do what you do. Yeah. Um, good leaders don't just lead people. Good leaders raise up leaders. And you guys that are listening, you're good leaders. God right. can help you to do this. It's a little bit of a trust issue. You're thinking like, I don't know if somebody can do it like I want it to be done. Sometimes you need to get over that, Right. You need to trust the people that you have that are leading. But it's also not everybody is good at training other people. There are people that are really good at a thing, but they're just not really good at teaching other people to do that thing. Yeah. And you don't want to wear them out and wear you out by trying to get them to be a good trainer. Maybe they're just not a good trainer. But there are other people that will really shine forth that actually would be good trainers and you can trust them. So just be on the lookout for those people right away. Be on the lookout for people who you know would be good leaders, that would be good trainers, and um, not just doers, but trainers, and ask them, are you willing to train people, help me to train people, and serve under me in a a training capacity? Yeah, all great answers. Some of the things we've done is um, train groups as often as possible, yeah. you know, gather enough people so that your time is being used most effectively. You're you're getting, you know, killing several birds with one stone or however that goes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Not that that's, a, very, birds. <laughs> that's a very non-vegan <laughs> way to say it. Yeah. But um, that's not always possible. But pick a day that you are out there and see if you can get the people all to come on that day. Saturdays are often good for that because yeah. most people have Saturday off. And what we also do is the most important training day where where the trainer is actually going to be speaking and helping the the new recruits process things is that first day of training the first shadow day so make that the day that you're the trainer and then for the other shadow days uh, we train with three shadow days and where they're the recruit is basically just watching and learning yeah. and praying um, but on the the day one super important you take that day but on the other days it's easier to pass those off to the other teams where they will actually be serving the day of so the, yeah. those those have helped us to to kind of 
get through this this issue. Yeah. Yeah, and so just so you guys know, you should already know this, but maybe you've forgotten or, or whatever, the flow of our training is somebody raises their hand at a prayer walk. Typically, that's how we, we get the interest. They say, I want to be a Sidewalk Outreach team member. They let the prayer walk um, – folks know they fill it either fill out a card or they go online or on the app and say i'm interested in this it's called getting connected so they go on the connection form and get connected then they get information from us saying thank you for your interest so forth and so on and they'll get an application they'll fill out that application which includes a background check so they have to do a background check after we look at that application the national team looks at that application and there's no red flags everything looks on the up and up they're part of a local church they're not a felon and you know, a sex offender or anything like that, um, then we approve them to receive the 101 training. Just basic, the the why and the what of sidewalk outreach and a little bit of the how, but really the why and the what. And then they're connected with the local sidewalk leader as well. Right. So right away they get that 101 training and they're connected with the local leader. From that point, that local leader is going to reach out to them and say, hey, come and shadow us. For at least one day. Some cities do. Charlotte does three days. They shadow three days before they can move on in the training process. And some cities feel like it's sufficient to do one day. It's basically like orientation, right? They come out. Right. They see the abortion center, the lay yeah. of the land. They look at the different roles. They lay out. Like what you do in the shadowing is you, you basically reiterate, re- reiterate everything in 101. Usually, yeah. yeah. And then um, after they do that shadowing, whether it's one day, two days, or three, the local leader says, okay, they've shadowed, they're ready to move forward, and then nationally we pull the trigger on giving them 102, 103, and then you guys plug them into whatever whatever day you want them to. So it's really deciding who can help you with those shadow days. That's kind of the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, the, so another question. Is it okay for our counselors to go to different clinics at different times, or is it best to stay at the same clinic? Yeah. So the kind of the background, there was a team lead, a sidewalk lead, was originally at the same clinic each day, but he would find that the clinic was really slow on certain days, and there were uncovered clinics. Yeah. And that is an issue, especially in a growing place like California, where there are uncovered clinics and a lot of them in an area. Yeah. Um, so what's kind of the best strategy? Strategy. He ended up actually going, he left the original clinic where he used to be frequently, and he went to a kind of a, a it was slow, so he went to this other clinic, and the someone ended up um, going back for an abortion that had chosen life. He knew he had been at the original clinic when she chose life. And she ended up going back and having the abortion. And he was devastated because he felt like, I did the wrong thing. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have gone to that other clinic. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to let you answer in, in a second. But one of the things that I did want to say was when I read that question and the angst of this wonderful counselor, I know him, wonderful counselor. Yeah. Um, I think the root issue here is one that we all struggle with at times, which is taking ownership of something that belongs to God. Yeah. Whether that woman returned to a board or not, 
that's not on us. Sure. And the fact that she did have the abortion while he wasn't there, that's not on yeah. us. Yeah. You know, the, it truly is. Whether someone is saved or not saved, whether a baby's saved or not saved, is is all the work of God. And he can do it all without us. Our presence yeah. is not necessary. He chooses to use us. Yeah. It's a privilege that he right. uses us. But as soon as we start thinking, I have to be there, and I have to be there all day long, every day, that's sort of a, like, God yeah. can't do it without me attitude. Right. yeah. And that's and we, not a burden we can really bear, it right? It really is an unbearable yeah. burden. So kind of, you know, focus back to the original question was yeah. basically, um, if there's other clinics in my city, should I be hopping around from this one to that one? And, and, or should I fully cover one? Yeah. And, and yeah. In, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. I, there's no hard and fast, dogmatic, here's how you need to do it. Um, I think you need to do the best you can to, to counsel with the Lord and with your leaders and others that are in your city to pray through a strategy for this. But it's really hard to hit a moving target, right? Because yes. our goal is we want to build teams for every hour that those abortion centers are open. And in my opinion... You're better to stay at that same abortion center. God has called you there. Stay at that same abortion center. Build teams at that abortion center and do everything you can to build teams there and then begin to build teams at the next one and then the next one and then the next one. And how would you choose? the? Say you've got several in yeah. your area. How would you determine which one you should start at? Yeah. So most of the time, I'm going to look for the Goliath. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to look for the one for the Latrobe Drive, like the one we have here in Charlotte. Right. I'm going to look for the one that does the most abortions. And that's kind of the main consideration. A secondary consideration is which one has the best setup for me to be able to reach people going in. I want to see the most fruit, right? Where are you going to be I want to have the effective. most interact- yeah. interactions. Now, yeah. God always can trump what we figure out like we need to seek the Lord and, and the Lord sometimes will line things up in such a way where it's very evident this is where you need to be. Um, but I'll say just generally speaking, I'm looking for the Goliath. I'm looking for the one that does the most abortions. And you can normally find that. There's a pro-abortion website out there, abortionfinder.org. This is the pro-aborts have put this together to help women find abortion clinics. But I actually use that as a tool to find out where the abortion centers are at and what they do, because it tells you if they do abortion pills, it tells you if they do surgical abortions. Most of the time, if you go on that abortion finder and you see that they do abortion pill and surgical abortions, the the Goliaths are going to be the ones that do surgical abortions further along, right? So you're going to see some that do surgical abortions up to like 14 weeks or whatever. But if you see ones that go, and depends on the laws of the state or whatever, you see ones that go to like 26 weeks and stuff, that's probably the Goliath. Because right, they're going to cover the most women. Right. They're going to, yeah. Yeah, and if it's Planned Parenthood, right. the other Planned Parenthoods in the area are going to push all the surgical abortions to that abortion right. clinic. Yep. So it's going to consolidate more patients coming there. You have more ability to reach people that are there for an abortion and all of that. And so that's generally how, like, where I'm going to start. But I'm also, especially if you're in a Love Life city where Love Life is doing prayer walks for all 40 weeks and all that, you really want to start building teams at that abortion center that the prayer walks are happening at building out from there. You want to look at to me, the one that you like here in Charlotte, you know, we got the Latrobe abortion center, we got the Wendover abortion center and we got the Planned Parenthood. And really the Latrobe abortion center is the Goliath, right? 
His next brother is the Wendover Clinic. They do the, the next uh, you know amount of abortions, and then Planned Parenthood is next to that one as far as like how many abortions they do. It's probably you know roughly the, our understanding is that's how it is. And so we prioritize building teams at Latrobe, then Wendover, then Planned Parenthood. But there's flexibility there because we have a leader that will be either over each of those clinics. So we have the ability to kind of build a team around a leader. And that's really what you've got to do. You've got to build your teams around a leader, whether that's someone that's paid or someone's volunteering or whether that's somebody that they're the leader all of the week or they're a leader of a particular day or a particular shift. You really need a leader to begin to build a team around them. And, you know, again, it, it, it can happen organically, but there there should be some strategy to it instead of kind of going for a moving target. Like Monday, we're going to go to this clinic this week, and next week on Monday, we're going to go to that clinic. And you, you just don't have the ability to send people that are interested um, to a particular clinic because you don't have a regular rhythm that people are used to. And you'll yeah. confuse your volunteers if you're moving around, and it just won't be helpful, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, so the prayer walk helps to generate help for the sidewalk yeah. because people see it. Would you have, is there ever a point at, or um, where you would recommend the prayer walk be at a place that's different from the Goliath facility? Yeah. Yeah. If the access is like impossible to bring people out for a prayer walk, you know, you got to look at that too. Is there parking? Because if you want, you know, hundreds of Christians out there praying, you want churches to adopt weeks and come out and you want bigger churches to come um, you really need a spot for everybody to stand. Yeah. So in that case, would you go ahead and begin building teams at that less busy abortion center because that's where the prayer walk is taking yeah, place? It, it, it's because when do. people, again, most of the interest for sidewalk outreach comes from people that came to a prayer walk. Yeah. And they've already laid eyes on that clinic. They already right. have a burden for the women that are going into that clinic and to see that clinic shut yeah. down, you know? Yeah. And they already know the lay of the land because they've come out to the prayer walk. So you have an advantage right there. So, yeah, I would begin to build a team at that clinic where you're doing your prayer walks at. But then again, let's say there are people from there's another clinic halfway across town and there's people from that area that go to a church in that area and they would rather do ministry at that clinic in their area, though it's not the one that you're doing prayer walks at. There's some flexibility there. Obviously, you're going to need a leader to oversee that and you don't want to wear yourself out trying to go back and forth to each clinic. And so you got to think through a strategy with your team on that. But, you know, there's flexibility there. But generally speaking, you want to build teams starting on the day where they do the most abortions, which is normally Saturdays or Fridays, and then building out from there in as much as you're able to. Right. Good. Good strategies. Okay. So the next question is, do you guys have cameras at each clinic? Which cameras are those and where are they set up? And, um... He went on with that question, he or she, I don't remember who asked it. Um, one of, they had an incident that was not on tape because the camera was kind of set up at a bad spot. And yeah. so it cut out. And then the team leads were thinking maybe they should be wearing a body camera because they missed this incident and the police would not do anything without yeah. proof. Yeah. First thing is, we did a whole episode about the use of cameras. Yeah. So please listen to that episode. <clears throat> but a quick cursory answer to this is, yes, we want a camera going at all times. Right. At the clinics that we're reaching out at. We want to make sure a camera is going because incidents do happen, and we want to document those incidents, and we want to hold people accountable. Now, the second thing is, though, you can't have a camera 
that's going to get every angle. Right. Like you, you can't set up three and four cameras. We typically encourage people to set up the camera where there's the areas of most engagement, mm-hmm. typically at the driveway or at the front door. And you want that camera to be hidden. Like here at Latrobe, we have the camera on a vehicle normally that's parked across the street from the main driveway. It's pointed that way. We're not recording patients. We're not sharing people's personal information. We're not doing any of that stuff. We're documenting instances. The police have told us to do this in case someone comes out and threatens or does something you know they shouldn't be doing. We have a way to keep them accountable. But you can never have a camera pointed at every situation because you don't know where every situation is going to take place. But if there's an area where you're engaging with the most people, then it's obvious that that area is where the most potential incidences are going to take place. So have it there. I do not like body cameras. Mm -hmm. I don't like body cameras. I don't think they're a good idea. I think they minimize engagements. Women are coming in. A lot of times they're driving from hours away, even though they can go to an abortion center in their city because they want to hide their sin. They don't want to be found out. They don't want to have an abortion in their community. And uh, and so you coming up to them with a camera strapped on your chest is not a good look, right? Some people will talk to you, but I'm telling you, it's going to minimize your engagements and the engagements that you have are going to potentially or, or, or they're going to tend to be more aggressive. Right. Cameras, we think cameras make people docile. They actually can make people more aggressive. Yeah. Um, and so that's my recommendation now. I'm not hard and fast about that. I'm not dogmatic about it, but I'm almost dogmatic about it. The, having a camera strapped to your chest is not a good look. It makes you look weird and creepy. And it also is like, again, it's a barrier. You got to think in the framework, in the mindset of a woman who's coming to the abortion center, not in the mindset of, of you, right? You want you want to have stuff on video. But if you got a camera strapped to your chest, stuff happens behind you. You're not getting that. Right. So I don't even think it's a good spot to put, you know, your camera, really. Right. Yeah. And like like you said, we've got a podcast already on that. So do we have time for one more? I think so. Want to do one more? Okay. So this one I actually feel pretty strongly about. Do you speak of the abortionist of the abortionist at the abortion clinic? What do you say? And when Um, they talked about at their abortion clinic, the abortionist has a case against him for malpractice that led to a woman's death. Um, Many of the team members of, of this person writing in said they like to share for a long time about the abortionist. And the team member was concerned. Was this the wisest thing to be doing with our time as we're speaking either on a mic or calling out? Yeah. And and right away, I mean, maybe, Daniel, you'll disagree. I think you will agree with me. But um, no, I would not spend a lot of time talking about the abortionist. I honestly feel, for one thing, they don't care. Yeah. They, they don't care. Um, they just want to have this abortion, and they think we're lying yeah. about the record. But also, it's not one of our three talking points. Yeah. Our three talking points, we, we talk about the three most important things to focus on the humanity of the baby, God, and resources. And we do that because our experience shows that's what seems to really sway their um, their choice towards life the most frequently. Yeah. So I might mention a uh, terrible thing about an abortionist, but I would not spend a lot of time focused on that. Yeah, yeah. I'd definitely mention it, especially if the abortionist has a bad track record. Mm-hmm. But like you said, um, 
they may not believe us. Like, why would they believe us? Think about it. You know, we're quite likely Planned Parenthood or the abortion center or whatever has told them there's going to be these protesters that are going to lie to you. Right. So they've already prepared them for that. They already think that, you know, we're protesters and they already been told that we're going to lie to them. And so they could just believe that. I mean, after all, they're coming to that abortion center. And they've got their money. They've already put their trust in the abortion center. Right. Right. So we got to think about it in terms of trust. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing when you're saying, you know, whatever it is about the abortionist, we used to share here, one of the abortionists here was just terrible guy, arrested for rape and killed a woman, all kinds of things. Right. Yeah. And so definitely would share that stuff. But really what you're doing is you're trying to sow mistrust in the abortion center. Like, let's just be honest. That's what you're trying to do. And that's not a bad thing. They shouldn't trust the abortion center. But the abortion center already has a leg up on you, right? Those women already have an appointment on the books. They already have their money in their hand. They've already put themselves in a position of trusting the abortion center, and you're trying to dismantle that trust, and you're not going to do it in 10 or 15 seconds. My also a concern is if you talk about the record of that abortionist, what they can feel or what they can do with that information and say, well, then I'll go to a different abortion center. Yeah. You haven't addressed the root issue. Right. The root issue is a baby's about to die who is a valuable, sacred little human life. Yeah. And and so I'd rather go for that because I yeah. think that's the, the larger change yeah. in their worldview. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, I will say that I have seen babies saved. And there's mm-hmm. only been a few, but I have seen babies yeah. saved with sharing the track record of the abortion center yeah. and the abortionist. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I, I'm just saying don't major on that. Right. right? Don't right. let that be your main theme. Um, God will use it. But um, I think the reason why we talk about these three vital talking points is because we have been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And we have you know, 150, 200 women that Vicky can get on the phone with right now and ask them questions. We've asked them these questions. What is? What are the most effective things that help you to choose life? And they are what God says, the humanity of the baby, and the resources that yes. are available. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that a single one of them has mentioned that they didn't trust the abortion center because, again, they're already yeah. there. They've already trusted the abortion center. Right. I think, though, if you're going to get If you're going to take a deep dive into that subject, I think it can be appropriate, but more in a one-on-one conversation rather than calling out across the parking lot. One of the things we used to do, I don't think we do it anymore, was we had a a sheet with that bullet bullet pointed yeah. the record of the abortionist and we would just hand that to them yeah. along with the um the pamphlet if if you've got someone that is really determined they, that's something they want to do yeah yeah you, you could make up something like that just yeah. a little sheet that has bullet points about the abortion center their track record some right. of the things that they've yeah. had issues with yeah but again i do think it can be more um of a distraction from kind of the main most effective right. things i agree and so just yeah. you know god will give you wisdom on that guys but yeah uh, we are going to wrap up this episode and just want to say again, we appreciate you guys, appreciate the sacrifices that you make to be out on the sidewalk. Hopefully us talking through these questions was an encouragement to you. And, you know, if you've got more questions like this, you can reach out to us. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky with a Y, at lovelife.org. We may do another episode about this just with some more in-depth questions that you guys ask. Uh, but until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for 
gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you 